Do Good Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. There's good all around us. Let's hear about it. Welcome to Do Good Charlotte on the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. I'm Pamela Escobar. In each Do Good Charlotte podcast, you will find out who's helping, who could use a helping hand, and just how you can spread around your own good. In this episode of Do Good Charlotte, we're going to meet Bethany Corgan, the Executive Director of Transcend Charlotte. Transcend Charlotte's mission is to pursue equity and social justice for transgender and gender expansive communities through education, advocacy, mental health, and social support services. And we'll inspire you to do good Charlotte by the various ways you can get involved with Transcend Charlotte. Bethany, welcome to Do Good Charlotte. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, so I wanted to talk first a little bit about you. Um, you started out as a board member with Transcend Charlotte and are now the executive director. So tell me why you joined the board in the first place. I'm a Charlotte native or Charlotte area native and um, had been living actually in Washington, D.C. for quite a few years um, my background is um, in international global health, and I am what is known as a gender specialist. So I, I deal with issues of um, gender equality and mainstreaming the best practices into public service or development programs to make sure that we are uh, reaching the best people with um, you know, outreach programs and that sort of a thing. So I was working primarily internationally for quite a few years. And uh, my partner and I relocated to the Charlotte area to be closer to family. And, you know, it's so funny because I actually had this conversation with the board the other day. We were all sharing stories of what brought us to this organization. And every single person, I mean, we all had different details, right? But every single person came back to community. We were all searching for like-minded people, people who believed in the same, you know, the, the, the same things and the same mantras and we, you know, friends and, and just that really deep, innate community where you know you're safe and you know you can speak with people and 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 also, you know, that can share that same purpose and mission-driven heart. And um, so really, I was just looking for community. I was looking for a way to plug in. Um, the D.C. area is probably a little bit more saturated with, you know, nonprofits that focus on gender issues. And so, you know, one thing that struck me when I came home uh, effectively was just, you know, there aren't as many, right? It's it's a little bit of a a sparser market. It's a little bit of a you know a little bit of a dig to find you know groups. And so I was so excited to know about the great work that Transcend was doing. Um, offered my services, was accepted as a board member. You know, it it did turn out that my services were were um, helpful. Uh, we actually had the organization was in the midst of even in COVID, which is crazy but we were in the midst of a programmatic expansion and had actually doubled our services due to some donation funding that had been received and the organization was in a bit of a shift. And given my background in nonprofit development management and um, also as a gender specialist, I was able to plug in um, my skills and to help and so stepped into this role. I, I think that's important for people to understand that, you know, it's about community. I mean, that's what we try to do here at the Queen City Podcast Network is build that community. And so finding that sense coming home and finding an organization where you can do that, that's that's awesome to hear. 
and you kind of mentioned this, but you have a master's in public health from the University of Georgia and then a diversity and inclusion certificate from Cornell University. How do you find your education um, has influenced the work that you do today? It's interesting because I think one of the biggest lessons learned, no matter you know what country or what um, area and even what field that you're you're implementing work in, the biggest thing that comes back to me, there's a there's a researcher named Kimberly Crenshaw who just absolutely changed my life. And you, you may have heard of her work, but she is the, the the founder of this concept of intersectionality. And really boiled down what we mean by that is looking at identities and opportunities and challenges and uh, social systems, uh, you know, really all systems, government systems from the lens that you know, you can't be isolated, right? Like you can't talk about gender in isolation. We can't talk about race in isolation. We can't talk about ability in isolation because individuals aren't isolated identities. We are complex, we are unique, we are multifaceted. And so when you're talking about meeting people where they are in the community, you have to consider all of who they are and all of their situation and all of what the community has to offer or the the lengths that the community still needs to go. And in this conversation by community, I do mean our social systems, our medical systems, our government systems, so on and so forth. And, you know, it's it was super, super humbling when I, when I you know, had that ingrained in me. And, and that was something that certainly was touched upon in education, but it was really something that I, that I had to learn through a lot of humbling lessons when, you know, when working, partnering with people and partnering with different communities. We'll get into more about all the services that you provide. But because of COVID and because this year has been such a different year for so many different things, how have you still been able to build that community and have people come in and, and benefit from the services you provide? I'm sure I'm sure that your listeners know this, but I just want to reiterate that when we talk about community, I mean at Transcend as well. This is certainly a community effort. And I know that when you when you say, Pamela, when you say the word you, you mean the collective you because Transcend is first and foremost a community venture. I'm obviously today speaking on behalf of the work that we do, but um, but you know, COVID has has really, I mean, not been kind to us <laughs> as as with every other field. And you know, we are a small staff, and um, you know, have always benefited from um, the, the generosity of volunteers and partners in the community and and our community members. And I will say that as with others, one of the obviously biggest challenges has been how do you survive in in a remote virtual world? And what's interesting is that even prior to COVID, we saw these trends, right? We saw trends on social media. We saw trends where, um, you know, the world was moving towards a more virtual direction regardless. But COVID, it's like, you know, gave us no option. You have to adapt. You have to do this now. And I was actually just having this conversation with a colleague today that we have certainly been noticing a lot of virtual and remote participation fatigue and exhaustion. And, and it's difficult, you know, the more exposure that you have in a virtual setting, things could be recorded. They obviously we're not doing that, but, but just in terms, this is the risk, right? That people, that, that people see, you know, if you join a call, if you, if you join a Skype or a Zoom, um, if you give an interview, you know, I think that the, the poignancy of those risks have really come out. And, and so the exhaustion of having to be in front of your computer all the time is certainly an element of it. The increased risk of an online presence is a component of it. And it's something we have to be really mindful of and respect and make sure that we are putting in as many protective measures as possible to protect our clients and to protect our partners and our, and our volunteers and our community members. So that way, 
participation in an event or a program never turns into a risk or a trigger more, you know, in as much as we can prevent, right? It never turns into something that people regret. So that that's certainly been a challenge. And, you know, I think we've adapted as much as anyone else has. Our clinical-based program, so our therapy is through a remote teletherapy platform. Um, I think we've actually had a lot of great success with that. And even post-COVID, when we are able to have in-person programs, we'll probably continue to offer that as, you know, a supplementary option. Our support groups, I think, have probably taken the biggest hit because, you know, again, coming back to this idea of community, one of the biggest draws of our support groups over the years has been that physical communion, you know, people coming together, the fellowship of being together in a space, um, you know, having snacks together, sharing your stories. And obviously when you're in person, nobody's, there's no recording, there's no online, you know, there's a weird kind of presence along you know, with the potential anonymity of being on the internet that that I think is scary to a lot of people. I mean, it's, it's scary to me. I mean, I got to see myself in a little window and immediately you're like, oh, this is, you know, it's different than if you were sitting in front of somebody. We should say too, that that's what we're doing right now. I mean, we, we're not in a studio together. We're not having, um, so it changes, it changes the dynamic dramatically. Um, really we can't, can't be together um, and see each other face to face. And I would think that uh, with people sharing such private uh, feelings, that, that that would be a challenge to overcome trying to do that virtually. So I'm sure you're looking forward to um, when everyone has their shot and, and we open up a little bit more. Yes. Let's, so let's dive in a little bit more. You talked about, so you have, you provide uh, counseling. You provide support groups. Let's talk about what else you provide. What are your other services? Yeah, so we provide, um, we, we, you know, the term that we use is case management. I think, you know, sometimes the, the idea of case management brings a little bit of, a, of an interesting, uh, you know, a, a bag of interesting assumptions. So our case management program is obviously not compulsory. So it is voluntary, completely, you know, people call us up and they can engage in a relationship as much as they want to, or as little as they want to. And the resources that they get out of that are direct linkage to care. So, you know, we have established partnerships with trans affirming medical providers, dentists. We, we partner with the Charlotte Transgender Healthcare Group, for example, we are, you know, very intimately connected with their network of providers. Um, you know, we can help with things like uh, name, cha- name change resources, job support, um, you know, economic support, housing, like all these things. So we, we, we act as you know, we can be a first line pit stop and, you know, in terms of resource connection. So that's one of our, you know, what we would call it like the third pillar of programming. So again, we have the case management, the counseling, the support groups. And then we have a program that I am especially proud of. It used to have a different title, has been rebranded this year as the expression space with an X. And it is a boutique style um, physical space in uh, in our offices, our little suite of offices, where um, we provide free gender affirming clothing, accessories, shoes, we have uh, specialty items like binders, we have wigs, makeup, you know, anything you can think of, all free of charge. And the real draw of the expression space is that we have created a safe zone where, where individuals can come in and explore and ask questions and, 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 you know, look at different options that, that align with their gender identity to, you know, in, in terms of their gender expression. So it's just a really safe space. I think what's cool about this is, you know, there's so many layers 
to, I guess, I, I don't know how, how else to say it. I mean, coming out to, to identifying yourself, how you feel, who you are. Um, you know, there's the mental health, there's the physical. You need all different kinds of services when you're going through this, um, along with the support. Um, I keep on thinking about this story that my daughter told me the other day because she she's only 13 and she came to me. She goes, Mom, what does it mean to be transgender? And I said, oh, where did you hear that? And she said, well, there's someone in my class who now wants to be called he and him and changing uh, their name. And, and I said, well, you know, what transgender means is that you've you're born in a body, but that's not how you view yourself. And so this person is going through this and you need to support them as much as you can because how hard would that be if you, you feel like you should be someone else and now you have to tell everybody that you're someone else. I said, that's amazing at 13 years old that this person's going through that. So what I, I mean, it's amazing that's happening at that level, but what you're group from what I understand offers is people wherever they're at, whatever age they're at, uh, whether they've had to hide this for 50 years and then finally can come to be who they are or whether they're young and they're figuring it out too, they can come to you and, and find those people to help them. Even if it's learning how to put on makeup for the first time or, you know, changing the way they dress. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting too. Um, I, I love that story. You know, we, you know, it, it, yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot of anti-trans um, legislation that's being put forward in, you know, in and around um, the country. Actually, I, I just told somebody the statistics the other day, but, um, you know, in, at the end of 2020 in November, we had a record number nationally of uh, trans um, um officials take office, you know, uh, at the state level, federal level, so on and so forth, which was amazing. But I think as we know in any civil rights or social justice movement, the minute you get one win, be prepared. It's like, you know, that battle is like facing a many-headed monster. The minute that you, you know, vanquish one, 10 more are going to pop up in its place. So while we had that record win in 2020 at the end of the year, in the first two and a half months of 2021 alone, we have had collectively more anti-trans bills put forward across the country than in all of 2020 combined. A lot of those bills are targeted at youth in terms of sports and gender affirming medical care. So it really is important to start that advocacy, not only young to create safe spaces for individuals, but you know, just all of our communities so that people can speak up and start asking questions and call their representatives. You know, and, and I, I really love that story because I think, you know, what you were saying was that, you know, gender identity is, it, it is not validated. You know, the, the external world does not have the right to validate or invalidate who you are, right? Gender identity is innately who you are. It's deeply held inside and no amount of affirmation or invalidation externally can change that. And so really what we're talking about a lot of times are the systems that people have to battle through to live authentically free from oppression, right? Because someone is who they are, no matter, you know, what, what I or anyone else or externally in the community say. And so what we, you know, have set out to do and what we try to do is, you know, through advocacy, through the holistic nature of our um, programs, 
is we're fighting for that. We're fighting for a world where people don't have to have extra challenge just to be who they are, right? Because we are all equally worthy people, right? You know, even even around here, we we try to tell people you don't have to. There is no one expectation for you to be if if you're trans, if you are non-binary, no matter what your gender identity is, you are who you are, and that is enough. Now, the rest of the world <laughs> does not accept that a lot of times, and that's that's the struggle. It's the system, right? It's the system. It's it's the way that the community is set up. You know, if you think about it, you know, with the the HB two bill, for example, and all of what we've battled with for the past four years that doesn't change who a person is, right? It changes the difficulty that they experience in living an authentic life free from that type of mental and emotional burden. Um, You know, we talk about this idea of equity and equality a lot, you know, and you have to think that, you know, like if, if someone is in the same circumstance as somebody else, you know, maybe in the same job or at the same school, or, you know, you think, well, they are equal because they are in the same you know, position, they have the same job, they have, you know, their same students at the same level. But that's not true, because given uh, how the world either opposes or not somebody else, there's an extra level of mental and emotional, legal, financial, you know, all of these things that a person has to deal with just to live in that same role, right? And, and that's what we're trying to address, right? We're trying to be there as a support system 100% for our clients and for the community and to create those safe, you know, by safe spaces, we mean we can guarantee that when you come here, you are free from those types of oppression. You know, if, and if someone, you know, if, if there's, you know, we all have a way to go. We, you know, one thing that you commit to when you're a part of Transcend on any level is this concept of being called in. It's kind of a trendy topic. Now I know people, a lot of people use it. I love it. You know, it's this concept that we're not going to call you out. We're not going to demonize you, but you have to be willing to learn. You have to be willing to accept that maybe you don't have all of the answers and, you know, be willing to, to self-educate, to have those communications, to, to really absorb and understand, you know, that's what we're promising when we say safe space. This is a place where we have done the work, we've done the self-education and, and we're continuing, we, we commit to continue to do that. This is Pamela Escobar. You're listening to Do Good Charlotte. After the break, you'll hear about how you can engage with Transcend Charlotte. At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care feels like home because video visits bring my provider to me. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. Get ready. Broadway is returning to Charlotte. Blumenthal Performing Arts has an incredible selection of upcoming hits, including the returns of Hamilton and Wicked, plus the long-awaited Charlotte debut of Disney's Frozen and many more fan-favorite musicals and plays. Season tickets are on sale now at blumenthalarts.org slash Broadway. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. 
at OrthoCarolina, personalized orthopedic care goes beyond my appointment. Accessible, comprehensive, and compassionate. It's my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at OrthoCarolina.com. So, Bethany, before the break, we were talking about the different services that your organization provides. And so for our listeners, where can they find you? We are online. Um, Our website is www.transcendcharlotte.org, and it's all spelled out, all one word. Um, And that's a great place. You know, our our website is is interactive in that anyone seeking services can just go to the program's drop-down menu. We have um, portals that you can log into, book sessions. Uh, You know, the only program that we do have currently, um, we are currently running limited in-person options for is obviously our expression space. So basically, just go to the website, look at those drop-downs. You can book all of our services through the website, the expression space. Um, You can sign up to participate in the support groups. You can book sessions for case management or or counseling. And then we're also on Instagram and Facebook. It's just Transcend Charlotte, all spelled out. So that's a great place to go for updates in terms of you know, opportunities or, you know, changes to programs or scheduling or anything like that. March 31st is a really big day for Transcend Charlotte and really all of the LGBTQ nonprofits in Charlotte. That's the International Transgender Day of Visibility. It's a huge advocacy day. It's an awareness day. It's a day to celebrate and highlight the the, the success, the leadership, the, the joy and just thriving, you know, lives of trans and gender expansive communities. Um, and it's a really fun day. We, we love um, this year. We are co-implementing the event um, in the Charlotte area virtually with a lot of our partner nonprofits in the area. You know, so things like that. Obviously, Pride in June is a is a big time for us. And then, you know, we have some other advocacy days that pop up throughout the year. So social media and our website are definitely a great place to start. Well, and I, what I love about your website, too, is even if I don't think I need your services, but I'm interested in the topic you have uh, sort of like a menu of like a reading list of suggested things that people can look into. So if people are just interested in doing some research and understanding, um, you're a good resource for that. And But people might want to also donate as well, right? So they can do that through your website too. Absolutely. You know, we're, we're always grateful. You know, I had this conversation with someone the other day that there, you know, for the most part, you know, I'm sure that someone can find a, an exception to my rule of thumb, but there is really no wrong way to partner. You know, financial partnership is huge because we live in a in a world where we're, you know, uh, you know, you need financial resources to to move forward. So, we're very grateful for anyone that is able. It's interesting too because, um, you know, we always, you know, the, the one thing that I, I try to tell um, allies, you know, individuals who who um, are not representative in the trans or gender expansive communities, you know, self-learning and self-research are really, really important. And there's lots of great organizations, us included. And our website is a great place to start. There is a learning tab you can go. We have a lot of um, info there that, you know, from partner organizations, things like that, you can link um, a lot of great, you know, terminology 101 kind of stuff. When you when you think about your organization, and I know privacy is very important. But what kind of successes have you had um, through Transcend Charlotte? I have a couple of things I could say. So really quickly, it's interesting because we had, again, we had a board meeting and actually, um, you know, we were even talking about the way that Transcend started and our founders. And it was so funny because, you know, everybody's different. Everybody has. Then we all 
in one way or another said community. We just were looking for community and had no expectations. We weren't looking to take anything away and maybe not even necessarily, you know, thinking through specifically what can I bring to the table? It's just, you know, you have this innate attraction to an organization where you can be yourself without expectations. And then you get excited, right, to contribute. You get excited to see how um, one of those examples is an individual, you know, gave me permission to, to share this um, story. Um, you know, they started as, as a member of uh, an attendee of the support groups and uh, gained the, the confidence as they put it, really, you know, made a plan for coming out to their family. And, um, you know, when, when you hear the story, I mean, you would not believe something that always brings me just, it's, it's so humbling, it's so heartbreaking, but, you know, the statistics of individuals, especially youth who are turned out of their homes, who are rejected by their own family members because of who they are, either their gender identity, their sexual identity, what have you, would just, and, and so when you hear these stories of how people plan for months to share this news with people, and, and then they live in fear for months, sometimes years of what will this repercussion be? Is this going to change my life completely? Will I lose my job? Will I lose my family? You know, I, you know, I, I teach, you know, sometimes I, I teach, you know, workshops or classes or whatever. And I, I start out by saying, this is such a very difficult task to do because, you know, without having alternative experiences, but I want you to go through the day and just think through how your gender identity and your outward gender expression affect everything you do from the clothes that you put on to the reception that you get when you go get your morning donut or whatever it is to, you know, and, and, and when you start to think through, if you haven't had the experience of worrying that you will be rejected by your family, by your partner, by your job, you know, consideration of, am I going to be, you know, am I, am I subject to abuse at school? Can I walk alone? Can I do this? Can I do that? And um, that story turned out very positively. The day that that happened, we got some confirmation that it went well. The family was bringing tears to my eyes right now. The family was very accepting and welcoming. And then that person actually went on to be involved in Transcend in other ways and to contribute as a volunteer. You know, that kind of empathy is really important because those stories don't always turn out that well. Um, unfortunately, a lot of times we hear very negative stories where, where that is not the case. People all of a sudden have lost their housing or their job or their, their support network. And so, you know, that's why we're here. And it is a very intimate thing. People have to be ready. They have to recognize the risks involved. And, and um, you know, that's, that's one of the gaps that we try to fill. But that particular, that particular story was really exciting. That was definitely a day for celebration. There were treats all around, you know, I think we takes that day or something. It was a great day. Well, do you know someone else like Bethany or Transcend Charlotte who are doing good in our community. Let me know. Tell me about someone or a nonprofit organization that should be heard on Do Good Charlotte. Reach out to me, Pamela Escobar, on social media. I'm Reporter Pam on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or go to the Queen City Podcast Network page and fill out the contact form for Do Good Charlotte. There's good all around us. Let's hear about it. I'm Pamela Escobar. Thanks for listening to Do Good Charlotte on the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. <laughs>